Hello and welcome to episode 22 of LOI Weekly, in which we will look forward to the second leg of the various European ties involving Cork City, Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers. And very, very shortly, Daniel MacDonald, who is over in Trondheim, ahead of the Rosenberg-Dundalk game, will join us. And today I am with Aidan Fitzmaurice of the Herald, who did a very nice job standing in for me earlier in the season during Cheltenham, which seems a long time ago now. How are you getting on, Edo? Good. I tried my best to fill those boots, Johnny, so I'll try, I'll try, and, try and try again fast. You, you look great. You're very tanned. You had a little spell in Italy, I believe. A uh, spell in Italy after to, to uh, travelling to Czech Republic with Sharma Grover's. Bit of a heat wave there as well, so I'm bringing the, bringing the sunscreen to, uh, to Czech Republic. And the life of the football journalist. You've been to Iceland and now you're going to Czech in the space of like a couple of weeks. Two lovely destinations. Yeah, well and get paid to do it. And get paid to do it. It'd be great if it was like this all the time. If you're covering Legia Warsaw or you know FC Copenhagen like this, all that you're in group stages all the time. So uh, I hope the uh, European summer goes into uh, August. Doesn't just stop now. So we, we'll see at the end of this week. So it's uh, no, you, you don't get to see places like Gerda Bayer where I was the other week with Rovers or Mlada Boleslav today. You're not really somewhere you go for a week's holiday. Where's the maddest place you've been on a European trip? Most obscure. Probably uh, you can include Ireland as well. Actually, uh, no, probably Hamstadt in Sweden with with Bowes a couple of years ago. I think Champions League, where uh, Hamstadt's only claim to fame at that stage was of the home of Roxette. Uh, Roxette, Roxette, brought, Roxette brought forth oh, Hamstadt. Yeah. They had a good spell about ten, twelve years ago. They're champions, so I got to see. Uh, fortunately, a lot of those uh, Scandinavian towns kind of blend into one. When you've been in Malda and Hamstadt and Trondheim and uh, all these places, they I can't really picture one from the other. They all look very. Uh, very, very similar. Um, but uh, yeah, Hamstadt, just because to, to pay tribute to Roxette. I can't remember that famous tune of ours. It's in my head. Derek, our producer, who's a bit of a seasoned veteran, probably can. But uh, we're also going to talk to Gary McCabe, hopefully get the latest on a still murky situation, I suppose, in Bray. And uh, we will discuss the games at the weekend, including a live game on air sports, Pats and Bray, on Friday night. And what a big game that is. So we'll talk to Gary about that as well. On the line right now is Daniel MacDonald, uh, who you may remember from such podcasts as LOI Weekly, but this is two in a row now where he hasn't been in the studio. But Dan, you are in Trondheim. I am. At Roxette, it must have been love, Johnny. Yeah! Give us a bar there. I, I still can't remember. It must have been love, but it's over now. Yeah. I don't know. Is that Roxette? I'm not going to give you a bar. It definitely is. Yeah. Was it? It definitely is. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. It, it, there you go. It's, it's it's like the it's like the song every League of Ireland player sings to their club at the end of the season as they depart for somewhere else um, for a new arrival. But uh, I'm surprised it's the most obscure place Ada was been to. I, I was thinking that as many, well, actually. Yeah. Many darker parts of Russia, the former Russia. Uh, yeah, because uh, Kazan, I suppose Kazan with, with Russia with, with Shamrock Rovers was was another one. Kazan, but, uh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kazan was an interesting place, and in I was on that trip as well in the depths of winter, and um, sort of a. Uh, beautiful place actually and I see it got wonderful reports recently from the Confederations Cup but yeah. in the depths of winter it was certainly an interesting place yeah we could all be heading there this, we could all be heading there next June yeah and Dan yeah, have you bought a pint yet? have I bought a pint yet? I yeah. bought, bought one last night um, how much? and uh, it was expensive enough it was around 99 kroner which would be yeah what's it a tenner I think um I think there was a couple of the Dundalk fans who were over for the day who seemed to have found you know, a bit of value elsewhere. But I think you, you have your card marked coming over here, as Ada sort of alluded to, whatever. Just uh, expensive uh, to the Indo anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, not the booze, Johnny. That yeah. would be very unprofessional. That would be deeply unprofessional. That, 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 that's your own expense if you decide to go that way. But obviously, um, it, would be, it would be totally inappropriate. But now nah, it's pretty quiet here. It, it's 
What's the mood like, actually? Yeah, and what like um, many hacks over there? Did you go over? You went over the charter, did you? On the charter, yeah, a bit of a delay because they couldn't find a tow bar in Dublin Airport to actually just push the plane out of the uh, out of its berth. Literally, just that first five seconds, they didn't have the right um, sort of weaponry to do it as such, and uh, there was a bit of a panic because uh, for for a period of time we were starting to wonder where we're going to. Uh, just not have to travel that day because we weren't sure what type of equipment they were looking for. As it happened, I think they ended up getting lend of something from Aerolingus, the airline, and it was fine. But uh, it was an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, but I think actually, like at another time, you know what Stephen Kenny can be like. He probably would have been, um, and Aidan would as well, he would have been pretty wound up about it, pretty anxious about the whole thing, just with the preparations being interrupted. But I even think so early, so I many, suppose. They had so many, they had so many... Uh, mishaps with charter flights last year just in terms of delay you remember in Iceland there was a big delay coming home and a few others that this time he pretty much requested to go over two days early just in case they had any problems so really he was prepared for it Uh, so I mean that's fine Um, and and I do think like he he tends to come into his own as a manager in this trip we're actually in the same hotel as the team um, this time which necessarily isn't always the case but um, so you're actually sort of around the place during the day, and um, he's in pretty relaxed form. You know, we had a good chat with the sort of press that we heard earlier. He didn't do something at the stadium or anything. He, he sort of invited us, um, you know, to sit down and have a chat earlier in the hotel and a good half an hour or so. And uh, Sean Gannon spoke to us too. And the mood is is quite good. I, I just think they're used to these type of games, you know. And I, I think they, they, there's a sort of a sense of calm around the place um, that. They know they're not coming into some kind of lion's den yeah. facing the best side they've ever faced in their lives. They they faced better sides than this. And and while I mean we were down to the Rosenberg press conference then and, and they're certainly very confident. I want to and, ask and you about you, that actually as well. Yeah. What is I I found it quite interesting because their coach was highly complimentary of Dundalk after the first leg. And uh, what's he saying now before the game? Yeah, no, I, I mean he was, he was he was complimentary to a point. I mean I still think that they're. They're 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 pretty pretty confident. I think uh, you know some of the Dundalk officials and stuff are are were were a tad miffed with um, I think a couple of comments in the, the dinner I think they had last week. I think Stigging Bjornaby from ex Liverpool was here and might have been pretty overconfident. And I think it's been noted and passed around the place about uh, Rosenberg's chances of going through. And the 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 Inge Britain's review of the first game is that Dundalk were a better side for twenty minutes. Uh, and that Rosenberg then controlled the game for the next hour. And they had good control for the next hour, which wouldn't have been my reading of it, although it must be said, um, I don't think they were rocking in the second half at all. They definitely steadied the ship after being pretty unambitious earlier on. And I think they're pretty happy with the with the one-all from you know from from 30 minutes to go. And, and that's what we ended up with. But, what's he saying I mean, now? They, they, they are confident. I mean, that yeah. is their sense. Like, they, you know... They, they, in his opinion, the doctors don't need to score once. They need to score more than once if they're going to go through. I actually would probably agree with that view. I, I wouldn't necessarily be confident that the doctor would keep a clean sheet. So if they are to go through, they're probably going to have to score two. And um, Rose, Rosenberg are used to this, Dan, aren't they? I was looking at their record. 92 yeah. was the last time they actually didn't win their first qualifying, whatever you want to call it, for a second round with the first hurdle. was you know, the 25 years they haven't been beaten at this stage, which is, uh, you know, an astonishing record for, for any club. Yeah, and 
I guess, you know, you, you have questions about, say, the strength of the league that they're in, but I noticed that like the three Norwegian sides all won their first legs in the Europa League last week, uh, including against you know, some OK teams. I think actually one of the Polish sides in one of the cases, I think it was. So, um, you know, they're, they're, their confidence is understandable and, and what they're saying is they, they reckon they can control the game a bit more, play with a bit of a higher tempo at the start of the game. Um, Kenny seems to think that they made one or two tactical adjustments last week um, just specifically for that game. One thing he thought was actually they were trying to stop Sean Gannon getting forward and that might have affected their personnel choices. I think this time uh, they might try and operate in the front foot a bit more and, and be more positive and more offensive. So and, and what their coach is saying is they don't want to be in a situation where, OK, and they'll all get them through in theory, but there's no suggestion in any way that they're going to be playing for that and I think we know that I think that's stating the obvious and that their home form is that good there'll be 18 20,000 people there uh, we think anyway going by the recent crowds they'll be coming expecting to see their home side go out and win this game they'll probably you know, they'll be thinking they can win this comfortably sure. enough but that sometimes suits the Dundalk uh, mindset I think um, I, I think they feel that there's more to come from them too on top of what they did last and week and maybe they're a bit disappointed maybe by how they maybe played in the second half that they were a bit predictable at times and just resorted to crosses I think sure. I think they know they need to be a bit better as well Ada what, what did you make of it last week it was it was a strange game because I, I couldn't believe how defensive Rosenberg were for much of it I remember counting at one stage in the first half in open play where all of their 11 players were in their own half um, and obviously it was a bit of a game plan but to, to give a team that much respect like Dundalk's defence has shown if you put them under pressure they can make mistakes that's just that's, that's just the way Rosenberg play they're just so, so used to playing in Europe and the manager says them up like that and, and I was saying Bjorn and Beaven he would have a, a role in that in terms of how to play games I think I was surprised that the, the tempo of Dundalk the tempo Dundalk had in the first half hour more or less the, the first half it was always going to be hard for them to uh, to sustain that over, over 90 minutes you know that they it was a good atmosphere crowd you know a couple of decisions went their way Um it, it was going to be hard to sustain that I don't think Dundalk were going to be able to sustain that for, for the second half so be interesting to see how Dundalk cope with that, having the, the away crowd. I don't know if if, uh, if there's a role for Stuart Connolly. Um, sorry, Dylan Connolly, I don't know if he's going to come in. I don't know if there's any talk about many changes to, to the team, Dan, or, or or what he's going to do. That maybe yeah. come in a bit earlier, maybe, instead of starting, but Connolly might come in a bit earlier. Yeah, I think Connolly would be the, an obvious play if you're in a situation where Rosenberg are committing bodies. But in a certain way, you know, I don't think he's going to start, really, although you could see the, you could see the argument for it, but I don't think he is. Um, but then I suppose if the Dock are chasing the game later on, do you assume at that stage that Rosenberg might be sitting in a bit and then he wouldn't be as effective if they have something to protect? And that's the thing. If the game is sort of poised at one all or something and, and Rosenberg are going for it, that's where Connolly could come into his own. In, in terms of changes, I think there's a really strong chance Stephen O'Donnell will come in. Do you um, think he might start that? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, I think, I mean, you're trying to read between the lines really from what Kenny said. He seems to have trained fully since Wednesday, whereas he didn't train fully leading up to Wednesday. I think he only had a couple of days. Could um, you drop Chris Shields though? I, I think it's possible. I, I, I you know, you, okay, there was a couple of times last year where even Benson played out on the right and, and they were a small bit narrow, but I don't think they would do that. Mountley did well last week and Kenny spoke about how he's probably his best game in a while and I think he likes him and you're particularly as Rosenberg are good out wide, or I mean, their reputation suggests they're good out wide, so you probably need someone who can defend there as well. 
um, as well as get forward and, and, and he's, he's can match them physically as well when they're not especially big sides on dogs. So um, it would be Shields to lose out, I, I would think, and in that scenario. Another, another thing, just, just, just to bring it up as well, the, the, obviously the talk is Vimelon won't play, but uh, I, you know, I don't think this is a bad thing. I, I felt Vimelon's possession was really sloppy in the first game. I thought he sold himself ridiculously prematurely to Bentner on one occasion in the first half. And also, Dan, Paddy Barrett last year, he was kind of catapulted into action through the, obviously, Gartland's injury, but he was brilliant in Europe, and I thought he did cope quite well Wednesday. So do you, do you see Vimelon's uh, absence as a positive or a negative? Um, yeah, I think it's just much of a muchness, really, between those defenders at the moment. I, I find it hard to come down either way. And, you know, I wouldn't be... Yeah, because you have other options there, I wouldn't be saying it was a massive blow that he that he couldn't play. But I think, actually, he has struck up an OK partnership with Gartland. I wouldn't say it's great news, you know. But I think, I think you know, he's trying to ascertain the sort of strengths and, and trying to find the balance between the two centre-halves. And clearly he feels there's something there with, with Gartland and, and Vemlund or else he wouldn't have played them together sort of four or five times in a row leading up to it. Which is yeah, probably be, something they must have worked on during the break. Because you know? they need to score, clearly the, the attack is the main one. And Stephen spoke with this before the home leg. He, he was asked about when he was Bohemian's manager when they played Rosenberg and similar situation that the first leg was in Ireland, second, second leg away, obviously both were 1-0 down. They had to go for it over there. Stephen said they, they went for it. They could have sat back and maybe settled for nil all, but to try and get something out of the, out of the game, if not the tie, but uh, torn apart 4-0 could have been 5 or 6. And I suppose he's got to bear that in mind as well, that they need to, to go. Stephen's mantra always is, we just need to score. We don't need to score in the first minute. We could score in the last 10 minutes. Uh, we just need to score. But it, it is going to be very hard to, to balance that you know, his, his attacking swagger going for it and just not leaving those, those uh, open, um, open gaps that uh, someone like Rosenborg can exploit. I think the other thing, Edo, as well, is if they go goal down, it's not the end of the world mm. by any means. It's like, OK, well, we, we still have to score. Um, Dan, I mean, you've been on these trips and you've seen Kenny with, uh, you know, such a positive attitude. But just reading your column, your article today, it looks like Rosenborg are going to be a lot stronger in the start of the game than they were in, in Oriel as well. Yeah, well, you expect so. You know, do you expect so? Not everything that they're saying, and um, I guess I mean, and Edo says that they're so used to this round, and um, you know, they, they never got knocked out in the first round, and they're pretty accomplished at this. But I, I suppose the flip side of that is you try and you try and apply some kind of pressure on on them, and I think Aiden's right. Like, I don't think the dogs are going to come necessarily charging out of the blocks and, and going for a goal. I think actually getting through the first 2025 to the point where maybe just the locals get a bit frustrated. I mean, we saw that in, in Warsaw last year and that, okay, Benton's goal actually was reasonably early, but still, it was how the Docks started the game. Uh, they kept the ball for a while and, and all of a sudden that home advantage, which is such a big thing, can almost be swung around and turned into a negative because that home crowd probably don't have a huge amount of respect for the away side and think it's a team that Rosenberg should be beating, and, and they get a bit antsy, and they well, get a bit frustrated, and, and that's part of the game plan in a strange way, to keep the ball well, and, and show that it's just not going to be a, a one-sided game, like maybe maybe some fans will expect that. And how do you call it? I think it's going to happen. I, I, I think this will go all the way. Um, I think that, you know, well, I'd say all the way, I'm not sure if the fans going to go the extra time, but I think the Dundalk will score, I think Rosenberg will score, you know, I, I do agree with the point of view that that Dundalk would have to score two to go through at least. Um, I think Rosenberg are probably deservedly favourite, um, and from their perspective, you'd be, you know, they would be disappointed if they couldn't see it through. I don't know. I, I think sometimes you, you spend time around the camp 
and you get the optimism pretty much of one side and you listen to Kenny and you listen to the players and they're all so relaxing. I'm starting to think, yeah, they, they could actually do this, but maybe I'm sort of deluded in a little uh, in a little bubble here when I think that way. And has Celtic um, been mentioned at all or is are the Hacks ah, maybe afraid to mention? Yeah, it's been mentioned. Like they, you know, it's, it's actually in the Norwegian papers here today flicking through them and there was quite a bit of Celtic stuff. But to be fair, like there hasn't been... There hasn't been the sort of the cockiness in the sense that oh, you know we're definitely going to be playing Celtic, say Rosenberg or anything like that. I think there's a natural look ahead, just like Irish players have been in Irish papers talking about Celtic. So you can't really take offence at a couple of Rosenberg people taking the odd question. Their coach said today, "Yeah, it'd be a great tie, but it'd be a great motivation for both teams." But I mean, you know what Stephen Kenny's like, Aidan would as well. He's he's always quite sort of wound up for these things in terms of being very careful about what he wants to say and he, he chooses his message very carefully and I think like some of the Wednesday morning headlines when people are listening to this obviously um, it's going to be Stephen Kenny talking about uh, how I'm sure Rosenberg have booked their hotels for Glasgow we haven't but you know don't rule us out uh, and, and, and those kind of sound bites as well I'm sure also mention as well interesting line probably coming out as well over here too is actually the Rosenberg coach confirming that they did very strongly look at Dave McMillan last winter um, when they were looking to sign him but um, they got Nicholas Bentham instead so they decided <laughs> to go that way i got to ask uh, you so, so before, before you go uh, just it obviously looks like Dundalk are up against it but not so much to the extent that Rovers and Cork are is there much of a prospect of either of those getting through do you think? God I don't know like I mean I was I, I was listening I was in Cork last Thursday and and listening to John Caulfield afterwards wouldn't necessarily have filled you with optimism about uh, the prospects of turning around. He was sort of very downbeat. And, you know, maybe it's something we'll, we'll touch on a bit next week. Um, and I'll obviously forget this discussion if Cork go on and actually get a stunning result away and, and turn it around. But as much as Europe, is, they, they want to do well in Europe this year, I, I get the sense that it's, you know, it's all about winning the league. And the fact that they're playing games on the last two Sundays uh, you know, they played against Pat, they played against Brady. Obviously, want to use Maguire and O'Connor to a lesser extent as much as they can. Should we blame them go. for that sort of narrative? Well, I, I, I just think like, they, they don't have the biggest squad in the world. And, and John Coffey did say he felt that players were getting a bit tired maybe um, towards the end of the, the Larnica game. Um, and that's because he's pretty much relying on the same guys who have got them to a great position in the league. And I think other clubs certainly would have looked to call games off. But they want to win the league. They only have those players while they have them. Um, you know, they maybe want to avoid this crazy backlog building up, which can happen and which can hurt you. Um, but but just even some of the language I felt even going into the first game, just listening to even Kevin O'Connor speaking at one point, he was saying, well, we know what we have to do in Europe. We have to sit in, you know, and, and look to hit them on the counter. Um, it's not the type of thing you would necessarily get from uh, Stephen Kenny at times you know in terms of going to these games and sometimes he's been too bold I guess he's quite uh, incomparable as well but uh, but, but yeah. uh, I, I just think with Cork you know they, they're, it's early days for them really in terms of Europe Rovers and making their mark really um, and you know we'll, we'll maybe come back to that next week in more detail Rovers um, it's going to be difficult with the you know to, to have to win effectively by two clear goals or have another high scoring game you'd assume that crowd I mean Aiden was at that game. I wasn't, so yeah. um, he's probably better place to speak about. It. He's going over to the return, but you'd assume a team in pre-season you want to catch them cold. Um, they won the first leg three-two, so I, I, 
I'd find it hard to see a way back much as I'd, sure. I'd love to be wrong and listen enjoy uh, enjoy your time over there and hopefully uh, bring us back a good result as well and uh, you can obviously read all of Dan's uh, coverage from the game in the Irish Independence on Thursday good to talk to you Dan cheers lad best of luck just sticking to this game very briefly uh, Edo you know Rosenberg would be hot favourites although I do note in, in the betting there's been a quite a lot of money for Dundalk actually at 12 to 1 into sort of like 6 to 1 so somebody in Europe thinks this well maybe somebody watched the first leg the, the fact that they score away from home that was always a problem for Irish clubs we, uh, for years particularly in the UEFA Cup in the 90s just couldn't score away from home the fact that Dundalk have gone to Russia gone to Holland uh, have, have been able to gone to, to Belarus gone to Poland have gone gone away and scored uh, the problem is, I think I don't know if, they, as Dan said, I don't know if they're able to keep it, keep cheat at the other end. So, understand. I mean, th- there is respect now for for Stephen Kenny and for Dundalk because of what happened last year. They didn't just make the group stages; they went out and had a go. They they were in all of those games. They got some points, uh, which which not all clubs managed to do in the group stages. So there is there is respect. People look at them, and I think if you looked at the, the first twenty five minutes of the game in Oriel, think well. Dundalk have a real have a real chance here. Unfortunately, it's played over ninety minutes. And as as I said earlier, I just think the the experience that Rosenberg had, like they had eleven internationals in their team, they didn't have three internationals on the bench. You know, every player on the bench has some international experience. Are we under tw- under twenty one? Denmark and under twenty one, they just have that level of of experience that our lads are still not at that we have Sean Maguire and Kevin Maguire who can't Kevin O'Connor can't get in the Irish squad when they're here we don't have players with that level of, of international experience um, that McElhinney was the best player on the pitch as well wasn't he? he? For a long period he was yeah yeah. I can't see if you were looking at if you were a scout looking at the match if you wanted somebody to sign you would come away with, with McElhinney I've, I've said that a million times now you've talked of like they were looking at Macmillan and I've no disrespect at all to Macmillan but like from European club how are people missing this McElhenney thing? Like, it just astounds me. They're, clubs are linked with players. Like, I even heard uh, O'Connor from Rovers might have been impressed, like, might have impressed Burnley the other day. Like, uh, I just, you're looking at McElhenney. He was the best player on the pitch by a mile, I thought, in that game. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at that one game, obviously. Somebody who, who gets on the ball and he, he just did the things that, that Wes Hulland does in internationals. He gets on the ball. He doesn't always make the right decision. He sometimes gives the ball away, but he always tries to make things happen. And in a European game, the old Irish way was just hoof it, you know, right back, just hoof it away, get it away, uh, relieve the pressure that McLean always tried to make things happen. And uh, I'd, I'd buy him. I don't understand yeah. why, why clubs don't. And give, us a, int- give us a prediction, so on. Uh, I'd like to be confident, but I just think it's too big. It they're not going over there 1-0 up, maybe even nil all, but I think the fact that they need to score, I just think Rosenberg will do it. So, unfortunately, I think it's going to be 1-0. It'll be tight. Dundalk will be in it, but I think it's just going to be 1-0 Rosenberg. I, I definitely don't think it'll be 1-0. I think, I think they'll score, but I think Rosenberg will score. I'm going to go for a, something like a two-all draw. And uh, Stewie Byrne said this was a great time to bring on uh, Connolly when he came on. I thought it was a terrible time to bring him on because he's playing against a packed defence. He wants to be playing against, you know, teams that are basically exposed and on the break. So I'm going to go for an optimistic two-all draw for Dundalk. Um, Air Sports game is Cork against Larnaca on Thursday. And this is an earlier kickoff, uh, I believe. Uh, we are talking about seven o'clock. Uh, six o'clock, actually. Six o'clock kickoff Irish time. Uh, have they any chance, say, though, you're not going to be at this game, you're going to be in check, but... Um, Chicken, but I don't think so. Uh, I mean, Cypriot football, you look at the, the influence, there's a clearly a lot of money got into Larnaca. Spanish manager, seven players from, from Spain, clearly put a lot of money in. Uh, a couple of players we know who <laughs> hurt Ireland in the past internationally for Cyprus, so I, I don't think so. I think, and as Dan said earlier, I think priority for, for uh, Cork this year is win the league. I think... There is a car- I'm not for, si- for a second suggesting that Rovers or Cork will throw the game because the, the next round tie isn't that attractive whereas Dundalk would know would love to play Celtic but for for uh, for Rovers to get through uh, they'd either be going to Azerbaijan or Albania Cork if they got through would either be in Macedonia or, you know, or in Belarus 
not particularly glamorous ties. I think you're looking at, at clogging up your, your fixture list. So not saying that they want to go out of Europe, the extra 200 grand from Europe would be handy, but I just think it's a bridge too far for Cork going over there. Um, um, I don't know what sort of crowd will be. You know, won't, won't be quite the same atmosphere as, as Rosenberg. Will have, Rosenberg going to have 18,000, 20,000 fans. and going to have that. They're one of the smaller clubs in Cyprus. They've only come on the scene the last couple of years, but um, just, I think, a bridge too far for Cork. What did you make of Larnick actually? I only saw I only saw bits on the because I was at the Rovers game. I mm. watched watched bits of the game back back on on uh, on TV, but uh, not hugely impressed. You, you could just see that they'd they they'd a they lot, lot of, of know how. Yeah, I think just had a lot of experience, which I think Cypriot teams in the past wouldn't have had. But, but clearly, there's a project going on there that somebody has put money in there, allowed them bring. Uh, I think seven, six, seven starters. You know, to to finance that, they want to return on that money. They will expect to to get through, maybe even get through to the group stages. So I think they will they will fancy themselves getting through. So not not world beaters, not a kind of side you'd want to to pay and see, but uh, a club who really are serious about about uh, about Europe and as I said for Cork priorities win the league. Yeah, and I, I, in fairness to Cork as well, I could definitely see them scoring over there. They were really good. Those front three can score goals. Their midfield can score goals. One goal in this game, and it's game on. And, and if Cork are putting most of their eggs in the league baskets, like Cork have won very few league titles, I wouldn't begrudge them that kind of... No, it, it is a chance for him. The fact that it's Maguire's last game, I mean, a couple of yeah. farewells. He did his last home game. He did last game in Ireland in Bray, uh, away to Bray Wanderers on Sunday. And this is his last game in the Cork City shorts, so his last game in, in Irish football. Uh, maybe the next time he's back on, on Irish soil could be hopefully in the, the senior international team so it could be Sean Maguire might go out and say we saw it. I mean he, he really did really well for his first goal against Bray at the weekend I know domestic opposition as opposed to European but uh, Sean Maguire could go out and say right look I'm going to do it here I'm going to get two goals and get us through Happy days yeah I, I, I give Cork a reasonable chance and now you will be in Boleslav which is um Somewhere near Prague? Mlad, uh, 50 miles outside Prague, yeah. Mlad, Mlad, from Mlad Boleslav, yeah. From Mlad Boleslav. Ho- home of Skoda. Home of Skoda. Ah, Skoda uh, against Shamrock Rovers. Now, the old story with Rovers, I suppose, a lot of attack and flair, but not, not the May West at the back and the home leg. The disappointing thing really was the, the goals that Mlad Boleslav scored. They were all preventable. Sometimes, you know, if somebody scores a, a stunning goal from 20 yards out or, or breezes in and beats four people, but they were all preventable. I think that's what annoyed Stephen Bradley after. It was stuff they'd worked on, stuff he told them about, stuff they'd prepared for and still happened. Pl- players switched off. Poor concentration, poor defending. Mlad um, Boleslav aren't kind of side if they do get past Rovers I can't see them, see them going much further in the competition the a huge advantage for Rovers is the, the fitness Mlad of Boleslav are only back in pre-season they've had I think four pre-season games they haven't had a competitive game Rovers are of course mid-season have, have that this fitness levels should be should be peak, but I just think for Rovers to score two two away from home, it's a you know it's a big 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 ask. Um, heat could be a factor over there. Reports are that I think it's a seven p.m. Um, local time. It will still be quite hot. The the forecast for the next couple of days is 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 a uh, heat could be a factor. I think Rovers going over needing to score one possibly, but needing to score two, uh, I just think it's it's too much too much for them. Okay, even if they go out, Graham Burke's performance a massive positive for them going forward. It was yeah, and uh, he's a player who who really has so much potential, but the downside of his game is disciplinary record, and he's spoken about it. He knows he's just some sort of bit of devil inside him which managers like but also his 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 bookings and his red cards is something he really needs to, to tame his frustration and I think Rovers uh, Rovers having somebody like Damien Duff on the, on the staff to talk to you about that to, to you, the frustration you feel in the game you take that out in the game you don't take it out in your, your opponents so I think if Graham Burke he, he's back here he did a happy couple of years in England last two years in, in England North County passed him by he was a very, very highly rated player when he was Aston Villa, just dipped. 
he's he's got his feet at Rovers now. If he can improve his disciplinary record, the first goal was a stunning goal and scores goals goals like that. These games around Europe, the clips are on YouTube. Scouts watch these games. That will do him no harm. We mentioned McM- Rosenberg looking at McMillan. If there's a club out there later on this season who won't want a, a centre forward or an attacking a number ten, I suppose is the role he plays. Uh, you know, he's somebody you could look at. So goals like that will do will do him no harm. Very best of luck to Rovers, Cork City and Dundalk. I think it's safe to say we'd, uh, as League of Ireland fans, we would probably take one of them going through at this stage, but you'd never know. And normally we go through the results of uh, last week earlier on in the show, but uh, here we are anyway. It was Pats 2, Derry City 1, a huge win for Pats. A massive win also for Finn Harps, beating Bohemians by the same scoreline. A huge result also in the showground, Sligo and Drogheda sharing a couple of goals equally. And Cork City won 2-0 away to Bray Wanderers um, in front of a big crowd in Bray. And we're joined by Gary McCabe now, who's probably been uh, arguably their leading light this season. It must be nice to have a nice crowd by the seaside, Gary, last Sunday. Yeah, it was good to good to have one at least this year. Now I know um, normally probably when Rovers come into town, that's probably just as. But uh, it was good to have them now, probably because it was on a Sunday as well, uh, during the afternoon as well, probably helped as well. Nice bit of weather, so it was good to get a big crowd in. What's the morale like? Uh, I've I've no idea what it must be like when you know you you've all this stuff going on behind the scenes, but ultimately you want to be professional and play as a team that has a chance of getting into Europe this season. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like the lads, like I know he's a bit going on behind the scenes, but the lads together, uh, we're doing everything as professional as we possibly can, and then training, outside training, eating, preparing well. Like the, the lads are sticking together, and because we still know at the end of the day we have that European, European spot to play for. I know, um, I know people might be writing us off now, but listen, we're um, we're professional and we're going to do things right till the end. I was speaking to Aaron Green after the game, um, Gary, he was saying that it, it wasn't the case that players are, you know, the clubs are looking, trying to play their way out, which was maybe the case when Chelsea were going bust 10 years ago, players knew they wanted to move on, that the players, uh, Aaron was basically saying players are under contract, they want to see those contracts through, they want to, want to be there, it's not as if they're all desperate to leave, but but they're still looking for, for, for things from the club to be to be put in order, is that is that fair enough? Yeah, look, we're sort of caught in a bad position here at the minute because, look, as I said, I spoke to Harry, I, I'll happily stay, no problem, I'll see him, we contract, that's no problem, but we do need that security of financial reasons. Um, and every, everybody here in the team is the exact same. That This is why we're training professionally, we're doing everything right, hoping that we'll get that security in. But in the meantime, we do have to think that we are in the transfer window saying if this security isn't given to us, that we might have to move on. So we're sort of in a bit of a catch-22 position here. So we are doing things right. But we still need to have your minds set and you might not be here by the end of the window. Look, the, the fact that a lot of you are under long-term contracts as well, I think you, you're, yourself, Aaron, um, Peter Cherry, are, are long-term. It's not a case of, it's no good to you that just to, to get, the club are probably thinking just get over this hump and get, get through and get, get to the end of the month and then get the end of the season. But, you know, you, you, you have families, you have mortgages, you have all of commitments. You, you want to, you know, you have to think longer term than just you know, each game, each week, each, each, each month. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I know a lot of the lads are paid monthly. I'm paid. Um, I'm the only one on the same getting paid weekly at the minute. So it's different for them than it is for me. I'm in a different situation to them. But it is, it is um, a little niggle in the back of your mind whether your payment's going to come in at the end of the end of the week, end of the month for the lads. Um, I know Do you mind me asking, Gary, why is that? Uh, why are you different to the other lads in that respect? It's just your it's own. Just personal. It's just yeah. contract terms at the yeah. start of the year. That, I've never, I've never gotten paid monthly in any of the clubs I was at, so it was just a personal thing with myself. You're a week to week man. Um, 
on my week to week, man, and that's the way that's the way I've been paid throughout my whole career, and I wasn't changing it. Is it distracting um, as well, Gary? Because I presume there are offers in. You know, managers are, are a lot of players there. Obviously, you know, Connolly's gone already, but yourself, Aaron, Peter, if somebody wants a keeper, you know, could do a lot worse than, than Peter Cherry, Hugh Douglas. Obviously, a lot of talk about him. Is is it hard as well, knowing that people probably are are looking at you? Yeah, we've look. I've had a lot of contact from other clubs, and I know we're we're allowed to speak to clubs at the minute. We were told we were allowed to speak to clubs. We were told to do whatever we had to do. Um, when all this situation came up, like we've had, my phone has a literally there earlier on today. I've had more contact as well, so from clubs down here, and I've had offers from clubs up north as well. So I have to, I have to sort of juggle things around now. Known where I'm going to be now at the end of the month, whether I'm going to be here or whether it's up north or a different club, but could be playing against Bray now at the end of the and uh, by the end of the season, I don't know because um, this um, we're still not getting this financial thing secured, and until that is like where where I will be talking to other clubs. What did it take to convince you, Derek? What do you need to see? And, and I know probably the PFI are helping us out in it as well in, in this as well. But what what do you need to see? Do you need to see money in the bank? Do you need to see figures on 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 a sheet yeah, of paper? We need, we, we need to see the money bonded put into an, an account and then it's bonded so we know that the money's there to the end of the season that we know that if anything else happens our wages are still there and that's all That's all we're asking for now we've been told that we were going to get this two weeks ago then we get another deadline we got given that as well and nothing has happened we're getting we're basically getting lied to we're just getting fobbed off brushed under the table and so this is where we're at now at the minute. We're still getting told we're getting told the money's back in, but we can't get proved. it won't be proven to us. So until that's proven we're gonna be in the same boat to the end of the year. Is there is there a sense that from the hierarchy's perspective it's like ride this storm to the end of the season and then with the European money? That's what it looks like, being honest with you, that's what it does look like now. Whether they, I don't know where if they have gotten the money in, I don't know where it's came from. Like your case would be as good as mine. But that's what it looks like. It looks like try get to the end of the year, try get to that European bonus. But then come next year, are they going to have the players that will come here to play in Europe next year? So I, I can't see it happening. So and with all with all due um, you know deference to yourself, like it's kind of sad in a sense that a lot of people are obviously reluctant to watch Bray because of what you produce this season and your own performances have been basically you're at the peak of your career at the moment. It would be sad to leave that behind you. Yeah, look, I've, I came here like now and. Like Bray, obviously, the last few years when they, like not the best of clubs, like they're always trying to get rid of just come out of relegation, and we seeing the players coming here, like at what we were going to do, and, and we are succeeding in doing it. So it's a, I've got 14, 14 goals this season. So like it is, it's a shame. I'm like I'm, I'm gutted going forward now as well because it is something that I've done this year. I've I've changed my routines. I've changed. I'm walking now as well as playing football. So I've I've kicked on another little bit. In, for my standards and it's just seemed to be gone out the window now because of backroom staff or not backroom staff sorry and um, with the club staff and sure. it's just really getting fobbed off like and it's it's a bit of a pity it's a bit of a put the downer on things for and it, 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 yeah it I, get, I guess if you're minute. yeah if you're on a, maybe one of the lower points of the season St. Patrick's are on one of the higher points of the season after beating Derry and uh Happily Air Sport are showing the game live on Friday, but this is going to be a really intriguing uh, duel now because you're taking on a team that are, are probably on the up. They've brought players in and their confidence seems to be on, on an up as well. Yeah, I, I actually, I went down to watch them against Hearts there when they brought in Killian Brennan and Owen Garvin. They thought the two boys played very well in the middle. So 
they are getting a bit of confidence up in them. I know. I think Owen's probably suspended though for the week or Friday. But he I know Killian yep. in the middle now. He's going to be a, he'd be a massive difference. I and mean, if he brings he brings strength to the middle of the park and he's calm on the ball, so they are on a high throughout the whole team. And it's probably it's probably they probably want to be where we are. And like last season, Brad probably be down there. Pat would be up there. So it's it's chopped it's this year now. But going forward now, look at. You know, I couldn't even call the game now on Friday which way it's going to go they're all getting tight though aren't they like, you know, Harp bows are bows on a good run for a while obviously they've lost two now but you know, Harp seemed to have picked up a lot, a lot of form particularly at home uh, a couple of new players in it's like oh, uh, you know, Galway seemed to, every, there's nobody cut adrift everyone seems to be capable, capable of getting a result every every week or every third, every second week yeah that's the thing now the joys of this league is anyone could take points off anyone like how tight it is at the bottom but I probably would expect Pats to come out of it eventually um, so I don't know who's going to take that place, but it, it, the way things are going here now, if we don't, if we don't get things stable here now, where we are, we could go straight down the table. Like and it's something you don't want to happen, but the way our our mindsets are, like we have to, we have to really kick on. We need that stability behind us, or else we'll be right down that table as well. Like, will you still be a Bray player this time next month? It just literally, literally was the question I was going to ask. Oh exactly, God. I was going to put a betting twist. Like, where is the odds on? Quote Aiden, unbelievable. Gary, yeah, can you <laughs> answer the question anyway? Sorry, where will you be uh, in a month's time? <laughs> where will I be in a month's time? Well, it doesn't depend on my my answer. Would be I hope that the money comes in and I hope it gets bonded, but. My head is telling me that I wouldn't say we'll get the security that we want. Gary, that's brilliant. Thanks for your uh, honesty and best of luck on Friday night. No problem. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Gary. I guess, you know, it's, it's nice to be a League of Ireland journalist in the sense that you, you get interviews as frank as that, which, you know, would be unheard of maybe in other sports or maybe at a, at a higher level of the game, but... That was fairly candid from Gary. If this was GA. Wouldn't even be allowed to, to talk to uh, to somebody like Gary McCabe. So it is refreshing to get it. It's it's good to hear. It's good to air these. And uh, and part of the problem with Irish football the last couple of years is that particularly at FAI level they want all this not talked about, brushed under the carpet until it's sorted. And the players clearly have grievances. They have genuine grievances that they don't trust. You can clearly hear from what Gary says. There's a lack of trust. Uh, in, in club officials that, that there's still support from, from Harry, Harry Kenny and Harry said himself he understands the players' uh, concerns and their grievances uh, there isn't a trust in the, in, the, in the club that all these players turn down other offers either existing clubs or, or rival clubs to come to Bray sold a promise and uh, now they don't believe that so there is a clear lack of trust and even if they get over the hump short term I think it is, it is going to be very hard to, to build at the long term for Bray because these players just don't, don't believe what they're being told. You were at the game, and he made that point very mm. clearly there. Lied was the word he used. You were at the game on Sunday. Was there any sense that they weren't playing for Harry or they weren't playing for the club? No, certainly. You know, first half, they were they struggled a bit in the first half, but I think a lot of teams have done that against against Cork this year. And strange as well, playing Sunday afternoon, probably not used to that. Maybe that added to the crowd. Harry Kenny said after when he was playing for Rovers in the 80s, they got good crowds playing on Sunday afternoons. And maybe look at that, maybe play on Sunday, Sunday afternoon again. They'd nearly 2,000 there. Now, well, on, just on that point, how many of them were Cork fans? And secondly, there was some. There was some uh, gig on in Bray where everyone just happened to be in the town. Well, there was a healthy crowd. It's not as if there was, you know, sixteen hundred uh, Cork fans and a couple of, you know, a few, a few dozen stragglers. There was a healthy uh, neutral support there as well. As you write, maybe people in Bray for the day went along to see the game. You know, a few kids brought along. Here's Sean McGuire. He's going to be playing for Ireland this time next year. So come and see him, see him play, play in in uh, in, in Ireland. But um, I think second half, they, they Bray were more at it. Um, they, they did struggle, but there was no sense of a players not putting the effort in. Uh, they did struggle in the first half, but so many other teams have done, the, done that and, against Cork and this year. And of those players you mentioned, how many are going to say? I was at 
the game between Bowes and Dundalk recently and it seemed like half the Bray players were in the stand which seemed to be a fairly um, obvious kind of reference to the fact that they were up for sale but how many of them will say how many will go be, it depends if, if they've offers I mean there's a lot of clubs struggling you know there's, there's very it's because it's so tight at the bottom it's not as if there's, there's two teams struggling you know um, you know Bowes Limerick anybody from, from Limerick down aren't really safe even Derry if Derry go into tailspin Derry could get sucked into that 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 fight at the bottom Pats have already in their head Pats have made a couple of signings a lot of clubs have, have, have yet to do that so I think Aaron Green um, certainly would be in demand Gary McKay would be Peter Cherry probably would be uh, a couple of the players in the middle, Mark Salmon, maybe you know. But if if you're if you're looking for a play, if you're a manager out there, if you're Drahada, Sligo, Finn Harps, any of those, you're looking to add to your squad. I'd fear how many could be left at Bray because um, why would you stay if you don't believe what you're being being told? And if if especially if Europe if Europe is going away, if they're really in there with a chance for Europe, but if they one or two more two more bad results, if they lose to Pats and Europe every week by week is looking more less likely, you you have to think of your future. And uh, as I said, the key is that a lot of these players are on two year contracts. Um, uh, Gary McCabe is I think Aaron, Aaron Green is I think Peter Cherry is um, what is the value in a two year contract when you've, you won't really be there next next year so and, I think and the, the clubs have to keep the payments up to date or, or otherwise they're basically entitled to my understanding is if, you, if you're not paid two weeks in a row your, your club have breached your contract and you're deemed to be a free agent now the players have been paid up to date uh, as, a, as it stands um, so the technicalities of that I, I don't know what's happened before where clubs have gone bust pre mid-season uh, Monaghan did it Dublin City did it when the, the FAI first of all had to look at what to do with the results and then wh- how to cope with players who are playing for club attached to a club that no longer exists I'm not saying that Bray are going to go out of ex- existence so something they are going to need to look at but the, these players are hungry and they, they you know a lot of them have families um, they have to think of that so they can't say that not a very a very Corinthian to say where well, we're going to stay with Bray we're going to play out the season we'll play for half wages and we'll get into Europe and everything will be grand uh, they they're professional think. players they're professional players they've mortgages to pay they've bills to pay and a lot of them have, it's, there's a lot of experience there you know Conor Kenna uh, a lot of players that have been around the league they know the way they know when when uh, when they, 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 can, they can hear what they're being told they can read between the lines and clearly from what players have said since this broke and particularly what, what Gary said in the interview there they just don't believe what they're being told by the club uh, Pats against Bray on Friday night is going to be a, a very compelling game for many many reasons and just I must give Pats a lot of credit for signing up um, with Pieta House as a sponsor for until the rest of the season Curiously enough, Pats didn't have a sponsor this season now what I was told was that they were approached by um, a bookmaker and on kind of moral terms, on moral grounds, they actually decided that they wouldn't. But here we go anyway. So two thirds into the season, they sign up with one of the most laudable charities in the country. Um, and we, we kind of criticise Pats at times for they don't do enough in the local community and they should promote themselves more. It's a great place to go. Uh, I have a couple of friends who are cops in Kilmainham and whenever they're stationed, they're on the beat in Inchy Core. They love because they get to see a game of football and they're like, why don't more people go? But they deserve credit for the Pieta housing anyway. They lost, they lost their way, Pat, and their Pats in the community. They've lost a lot of support and there's been huge apathy at the club. And that comes from the sponsor. If you're a fan, you know, it doesn't matter how can you not get a sponsor. You can do a set of jerseys for one match for a month, surely get somebody on board to, to play without a sponsor. If they, if they turn down one sponsor for moral reasons, fair, fair play to them. But to not to get somebody, if they're not some local business, somebody who can put the name on that shirt, uh, do it Van Harps did a couple of years ago where companies could enter a draw where I think you paid 200 euro and so a load of companies enter and so for 200 euro yeah. you got to be the short sponsor it's, it's it should be easy enough to do but just being in apathy the, the, the ground is more dilapidated it just it's been a tired tired club the last couple of years not being in Europe this year I think that hit them that past fans and past players were used to being in Europe this is the first time I think in seven years they're not in Europe so uh, maybe this is the, the start of it I feared for them when they won nil down uh, last week last Friday I said one nil down because their home record is so poor 
I thought this really this could be where, where Pats really go into a tailspin, but to come back and win 2-1, they have good attacking players. Curtis Bourne has been in and out of the team. Um, Greg Kelly, uh, Graham Kelly hasn't scored too many too many goals. He, he, he scored uh, last Friday. They have enough players there to get out of trouble. I think Owen Garvin could be a very, very good signing. I think Killian Brennan, the fact that he knows the league, he has a bit of a fighting spirit about him. He could come in. Jordy Balk, the Dutch defender, we need to wait and see how, how he's going to adapt to the league. Um, but it's it's just going to be so, so tight down there. I think it's going to be tight, tight on, on Friday. I'd see it as a draw between a Pats, draw. And Pats and Bray. I'm going to predict Pats win here. I think just their tails are up and Bray's are not. Uh, Bohemians against Derry City and Bo's doing great stuff in the community. And uh, for uh, obviously a, a, a team I've lauded a lot uh, for much of the season, I was disappointed with Derry how, how things have gone and they were really, really uh, poor at times against Pats by all accounts. Yeah, they take <laughs> on Bo's who weren't, weren't great against Harps despite Ollie Horgan saying that they... Um, Absolutely bashed them in uh, in the last twenty minutes. According to Keith Long, they just they weren't in the game at all. Actually. Yeah, I thought Bowes had, had turned a corner. I mean, a lot going going their way. They they got a Canadi back. They'd signed a couple of players. It looked like they were on a, on a decent run. And, and you don't see them as safe either. Uh, no, I, I, I think because it's it's just so so tight down there. Mm. I think you know because they've lost two in a row. They're on. I think they're beating them four. They've lost two now. Um, again, one one winning one nil away to Van Harps. You think right? Okay, we have what we we, we have what we hold. We we keep this here. Get at least a point here and lost two one. Harps to their credit are in very very good form, particularly at home. Uh, I don't think bowls are safe. I don't think anybody mid, mid, from Limerick down. I don't think anybody is safe, and and I wouldn't wouldn't bet on anybody being safe. Um, I think bowls can do better. I think having Akanadi back when he gets fully fit. Um, uh, they have added to this, freshened up the squad a bit. I think that both both a couple of players, a couple of fringe players left. A few players have come in, so I think I would fancy Bowes this weekend against Derry. I think Derry are just too inconsistent, too unpredictable. Derry. Um, uh, I think Europe took a lot out of Derry as well, conceding ten goals. Uh, I if think it took a lot out of them, they didn't put a lot into it. They did, but still conceding. That's. That, that's the kind of result that happened in the in the eighties, you know, conceding ten goals. I know they're up against a very good team. I know who were two 0 down uh, in in. Hungary, I think, wasn't it? They were playing Ferns Faros. Yeah, yeah. They were 2-0 down, going into half-time, yeah. and then they got a player sent off, and they won 4-2, yeah. but they didn't yeah. look great. So I, was, I thought Derry were a joke in Europe this year, I have no, to say. It, it didn't help as well, not being able to play yeah. either. Brandywell, obviously, is slow. Couldn't play him again. Park, having to play in Sligo. Just, again, wasn't a great... Having lost the, the the first leg away, very very hard to raise spirits for for that. Derry always liked like playing European matches in the in the Brandywell. Clearly closed for for obvious reasons at the moment. But I think Derry just too too up and down. Um, I can see can see Bowes getting getting a win against Derry. And, this and on, on that very note, I'm going to tip Derry because I don't know what's going to happen in the game either. To be quite honest, Go United against Drogheda United is a must win for both clubs. I think we can safely say uh, we should Go United should have beaten them in the first game of the season. Seems a long time ago now. Both of the games, um, sorry, the subsequent game is a draw. Uh, now, Drogheda got a crucial draw with another unbelievable goal in Sligo at the weekend. Yeah, um, you know, again, new players coming in. Sean Russell coming in, who who've been away from the league for, for a while. He, he's come back. Uh, really feared for for Drogheda, um, just leaking goals. I mean, Drogheda, they had a spell there for a while. They had a, you know, uh, McGuinness probably is one of the better the best young keeper in the league. He was in the fringe of the Irish under twenty one squad last year, but Drogheda just leaking so many, so many goals at the moment. Having kicked on up front, you know, still looking for Stephen Elliott to, to contribute more in terms of scoring goals. Again, Pete Mann has freshened up the squad a bit. A couple a couple of players in, a couple of players gone. I think you need that just to to lift it a bit. But I would fear for for Drogheda. I just don't think Drogheda have enough within them, particularly in terms of, of clean sheets and enough ability to get to get goals. Maybe some like Russell can. He scored a pretty good goal last week. Maybe Russell can bring something. But uh, I would fear for for uh, for. For Drogheda, Galway a good good win last week. So uh, sorry, in their last game, uh, I'd give Galway a chance at home to uh, Drogheda this weekend. 
Yeah, I have to say, I, I, I think Galway should win this. And uh, I think, you know, they had that little break as well, weren't playing because of Europe uh, games last week. And they'll be very fresh going into this. And I, I, I think the players are just like, you know, we all draw the one at this stage as well because uh, they basically should have gotten something from them earlier in the season. Limerick plays Sligo and, um, you know, Alan Cawley's a big Sligo fan. He's talking on, on uh, quite downbeat about them all season. Uh but you got to say, they, they really do look... I mean, if, if Harps are kind of getting all these results, Pats, are, Pats look like they're going to go one way now. They're going to start picking up points. Sligo, I would be really worried about Sligo. I think so. They brought a new manager in. It hasn't really kicked on. He didn't have enough time or enough money to, to change the squad. And it just doesn't seem to be great at the moment. Um, I saw his interview, um, Jared Little's interview after the the, the recent game um, where he... He was very, very strong. Whether beaten by Derry, uh, he's really strong. He very he? Said, he basically said, you know, you, you can't coach desire, you can't coach attitude, you can't coach motivation, you can't coach dedication. There are things players should have, and he hadn't seen that in the game uh, to be turned around by a Derry side who'd, who'd been beaten very heavily in Europe. So I would worry about uh, about Sligo players who, Adebayo Rowling was probably the best, one of the best defenders in the league last year. Nowhere near that that pace, uh, that that the standard this year. They've lost sadly, is a huge loss for them. He was a very good attacking attacking foil for them. So I would fear for, for Sligo as well. I think Sligo are in a lot of trouble. And uh, let's get a call on this Limerick against Sligo. Draw. I think two teams who, uh, uh, just again, the fact that they can't, can't keep clean sheets uh, defensively, both, both quite poor at the moment. Limerick just very, very up and down with Limerick at the moment. Probably know they're more or less safe. Uh, hard to motivate themselves. They had hoped to push on for Europe this year. That probably isn't going to happen. They're not mathematically safe. Probably feel safe. But I just think a, a draw. I think Sligo might be able just to get something, something in Limerick. Dundalk against Rovers on Sunday. Um, does this definitely go ahead? If it's on, it obviously depends on the European game. So it's still on the list of uh, list of fixtures on the FAI and uh, the FAI fixture list anyway. If that if that means anything, so we'll have to see uh, the see the European games go. I think they do need to keep playing games. I think that's that's been the downfall of clubs in the past, particularly Cork under under when they in Europe under Pat Dolan, they just more or less cancelled the 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 league program to, to stay in Europe. Um, you need to keep playing playing your games. Uh, Rosenberg do it. Rosenberg played a league game in between the two games, two legs against Dundalk. Uh, so it's it's hard to call now because you see how they've they've got in Europe. Rovers could have gone to the Czech Republic and come back. Dundalk, sorry, well, the, the, obviously if that's the case, then the, the 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 game isn't on. But but they could have had a, a morale boosting trip. Similarly for Dundalk, they might have gone out and away goals, or mm. they, you know, it, it, they might might have taken something from it. But I think they they need to. Uh, uh, I think Dundalk just to, to cement second place. Yeah, a uh, home win for me there as well. First Division, Cabinteely against Shelburne on Friday night. Uh, all these games actually Friday night. UCD against Athlone Town. And uh, there's a gap there at the top now between Waterford and Cove of six with UCD three back uh, in third. And Waterford against Cove Ramblers and Wexford against Longford Town. Uh, Longford Town doing some good work under Neil Finn. And we are going to announce now the winner of our signed football and signed photo uh, from Cork City. And of course... Uh, our Twitter competition, of course, it was Sean Maguire. Extra points, maybe, if you can tell me what ground that um, blurb photo was taken in uh, and and what was the result. And the clue is, it was the only game in the league that Cork City actually didn't win this season. <laughs> anyway, the winner is at Tom underscore 555. His name is Thomas. He's too, uh, obviously, concerned about giving himself away totally to give his surname. But, Thomas, you know who you are, and you've uh, happily won those two uh, prizes and congratulations to you um, and just I've been given the uh, lyrics of that Roxanne um, Roxette. tune Rox, Roxanne Roxette who was Roxanne was the that was the, the police song 
Roxette is a Swedish. Rox. So, yeah, it's like, it must have been love, but it's over now. It must have been good, but I lost it somehow. It must have been love, but it's over now. From the moment we touched till the time had run out. Now, hopefully the time hasn't run out on our League of Ireland clubs in Europe. But uh, has it, Edo? Uh, I sadly think it has. I think Dundalk, maybe. Yeah, and the, the, the thoughts of, of... I would love to see it happen. I'd love to see Dundalk... Uh, playing Celtic in Dublin in the week that uh, you'd love to see them play Celtic because our Arsenal friend Dan isn't too gone on the idea. Just the idea because I'd love to see not so much for all the Celtic fans coming down, but I'd love to. Uh, first of all, I think Dundalk would certainly give them a game uh, more so than, than that's a that's the, a point as well. Isn't I it? think they would yeah. more so than Lin- Linfield would, um, but also just you know the fact that you know they, they, we've already agreed that, that Manchester United are playing Sampdoria uh, in in Dublin um, in, in around about the same time. You would love to see an Irish team playing in competitive that to me is what the FAI should be about promoting those kind of those kind of games making sure that we have clubs in the latter stages in Europe not promoting uh, giving Manchester United a, a stage in Dublin to sell more uh, more jerseys and more uh, training kit to uh, to Irish people who are gullible enough to, to go along and to buy to buy the stuff the job of the FAI should be to promote to encourage to help Irish clubs play in Europe and to give help to Dundalk to, to play the likes of Celtic uh, in Dublin instead of uh, giving a stage to the likes of Manchester United now that you're uh, talking about that, will you be at the AGM at the uh, weekend? I hope to. It's, uh, not much point in going to the AGM at the, these days, given that uh, probably tighter security around uh, Barack Obama. Uh, sorry, it's tighter security around an FAI AGM if you're a journalist than there is around Donald, Donald Trump. Uh, we've actually been told that we need to uh, leave the hotel. There's an event with Martin O'Neill on, on a cup draw on Friday, and media have been told they need to leave the hotel immediately afterwards. Uh, for fear that we would contaminate the the building with our uh, with our presence, so um, the FAI it's a dispiriting really the FAI AGM because um, nobody wants to nobody asks any questions from the floor media aren't allowed in uh, nobody from the within the Irish football family asks any questions uh, everything is great everything is hunky dory in Irish football if you're a, a blazer going down to the AGM and uh, there's huge huge things that need to be dealt with. Um, all levels, League of Ireland level, the Irish team qualified under 17s, beaten 7 0 by Germany in the Euros uh, earlier in the summer. The incident of the women's team, so many issues in Irish football that need to be dealt with and talked about. We talked earlier on about the honesty of, of Gary McCabe, and, and we're getting maybe it's dirt washing your, your dirty linen in public, but it, it's talking about it, having exposure, talking about the issues in, in Irish football. Uh, that won't happen in, in Kilkenny this weekend. Everyone will just go along and say, What a great job the FAI have done, and please will you do. Uh, the same again next year. Thankfully, we don't do that on this show, and uh, that was episode 22, and the best of the three clubs in Europe. Uh, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>